Hello, Guru Fateh. Welcome to the Sikhcast. My name is Manpreet Singh. Thank you for being with us. We are back with the Shabbat of the week. And with me, I have Inikar. Inikar, thanks for being on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Manpreet. It's wonderful to be back. Guru Fateh to you and to all our listeners. This week's Shabbat is titled, The Knower of the Supreme Cosmic Understands. Male is in female, female is in male. Inikar, please take it away. Thank you, Manpreet. So this week's Shabbat is by Guru Nanak Sahib. It's in Rag Ramkali on page on Ang 878 of the Guru Granth Sahib. Who understands and knows this method? Drops in the ocean, ocean in the drops. You observe the playful creation. You recognize its essence. You reflect on such wisdom. Freedom and final state of existence is through the one, Rahal, reflect. Night in the day, sun in the night, same method in summer and winter. Nobody knows movement, measurement of the one. Without Guru, there is no understanding. The knower of supreme cosmic understands Male is in female, female is in male. Sound is in contemplation, contemplation is in knowing. Indescribable narrative comes through Guru orientation. Mind is in light, light is in mind. Five senses unite as Guru siblings. Nanak always adores those whose consciousness is linked to one Shabd. Sagar mein boond, boond mein sagar, kavan bujhe bid jane. Recitation of this Shabd is done by the children from the Baru Sahib Academy. You'll be able to listen to, to them on our website. You know, we have not been able to find a single recording of the Shabd of Guru Nanak Sahib sung by any Ragi Jatha. And, uh, you know, before I begin talking about the Shabd, I just want to say that it's been an incredible experience being immersed in this Shabd. For days and nights, I have been with this particular Shabd. So with humility, love, and great reverence, I offer my limited understanding of this exquisitely powerful Shabd. As in the ocean, there are drops. As in the drops is the ocean. What that means is that the attributes, the virtues of the ocean are in the drop. Similarly, beings are living in the divine, and in all beings is the divine. But only a rare individual can solve this enigma. The divine observes and recognizes this play, this essence. And now we come to the Rahau. Esa gyan bichare koi, biske mukat, param gat hoi. So everything flows from through the one. The highest freedom is through the one. Rare reflect on this wisdom. 
This is the Rahal. So what is this wisdom? What is the wisdom? What is the gyan? The gyan that in the drop is the ocean and all beings is the divine. That's the gyan. That's the wisdom. So then there are two other words that just fascinated me. Paramgat. So delving into them, what do these two words mean? So here is my understanding. When all the cycles, the stages are over, you are at that highest level of emancipation, of freedom. That is Paramgat. So the one who understands, the one who recognizes, and is immersed in this wisdom, that individual experiences the highest freedom. I come to the next stanza, that in the daylight, the darkness of the night is hidden. And in the darkness of the night, the sun is hidden. The same process operates in the summer and in the winter. Sometimes it's cold, and sometimes it's hot. And all this is the play of the divine. This is all the divine play. The vastness of the one, of the divine, cannot be known, cannot be understood without Guru. That was the second stanza. I come to the third one. There's a profound revelation here that those who have a deep connection with the divine understand this wonder. And what is this wonder? And this wonder is that through the male sperm, the female is born. And through the female womb, the male is born. The divine's creation narrative cannot be stated. But those and those who walk the Guru's way and whose consciousness is immersed with virtues, those individuals from that consciousness come to understand the divine. Not everyone can. It's those whose consciousness is immersed. So in the final stanza, Guru reveals that those whose consciousness is virtuous, in the hearts of those individuals, the light appears. The light is a divine light. The word here is actually pargat, which means reveals. The light was always there. The light is in all of us. But in the hearts of these individuals where divine remembrance has become constant, the light reveals itself. Their five senses unite. They become very lovingly as guru siblings. They become, they, they become brothers. They've become sisters. They've become, you know, each other's. But the siblings, where their alignment is to Gur, to Guru, so they've become Gur siblings. Their wanderings are over. The five senses are the vision, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. They're all in alignment. And that alignment is that they are in constant remembrance. And Guru Sabhans with those whose consciousness is linked to the one shakt, I adore them, balehar, and balehar on them, I adore them. So this shakt spoke to me at multiple levels, and it compelled me to go deeper. I 
cannot even begin to tell you the joy that I experienced as I was, as this shout actually was working on me. You know, Manpreet, the adventures inside far outweigh the adventures that take place outside. And this shout is continuing to work on me. And this is what it says to me. This is what it reveals to me that there is no separation at any level of existence and that that the ultimate freedom is is experienced only when there is no separation felt or when one is not free, one sees the separation. But this freedom only comes from within. For this freedom lies within us. It is unity without the separation when we feel that we are unified. So I want to talk a little bit about separation because there is this shabd is all about unity. But not everyone feels a separation. But the ones that do feel the separation, eventually within them begins a yearning, a yearning to walk towards something, to do something. Because the, the separation and the yearning becomes a longing. And they and one feels one must do something. So in the beginning, it feels like it's a journey to something other than what we are living in our day-to-day life. And, you know, that's quite all right. For in a sense, we are experiencing a separation from our daily life. We've taken the time out of our daily life. We are experiencing that separation. It's a very human condition. And we feel like we are journeying into something, maybe maybe something larger than what we see around us. Some of us begin to undertake certain practices, certain disciplines, but they hope that maybe it will take us somewhere, maybe we will experience something. But what that really is, that that somewhere really is our innermost self. But that is where... That is where the chiseling takes place. Now, chiseling is a very, very much a part of the journey. Chiseling is when the the dirt, where the darkness slowly is removed. And as the chiseling is taking place, the commitment gets deeper. And there comes a, there comes a turning point. It's subtle, but it's apparent. You begin to feel as if you are walking with a presence, and gradually you learn to turn to that presence, to that inner presence for guidance. It is as if you are in a relationship with something of more importance than your mind. There is something out there which is even, which you cannot really comprehend. That is that intellectual knowledge is beyond that intellectual knowledge. Humility, mindfulness, compassion, awareness, these virtues begin to grace and they find a home within you which enable you to experience the subtle aspects of yourself and these aspects make you flourish. And all this happens effortlessly. It's not something you do. It just, the process has begun. And as the commitment gets deeper, there seems to be another shift that occurs within. And you get, um, 
you get to taste, um, a taste of the drop of the ocean. Now, the ocean, when I refer to the ocean, is the capital O. You get to experience the sweetness, just a taste. That taste fills you with awe and wonder, so much so that your very breath becomes a mystery. The sun rising in the east and setting in the west becomes mystery. The yearning of the moonlight for her moon becomes a mystery. What I'm saying, in other words, is you begin to live in a heightened sense of awareness. And you feel the mystery to the existence of life. You know, I don't like to use the word miracle. Essence, it is sort of a miracle. The miracle of non-duality, where your practice, your discipline, becomes one of remembrance, acceptance, surrender, and knowing. Now, this knowing is not an intellectual knowing. This is a knowing of the heart, the deeper heart, the heart where love and wisdom reside together. It is a knowing through a direct experience. And it through this direct knowing, through this direct experience, transformation happens. And as you relax and get comfortable into your direct experiences with no agenda other than love for experiencing the truth, your guide is grace. For grace knows the way. There is a natural harmony in the universe, which is quite staggering. And grace leads us right there. It seems like we are being ushered into this natural harmony, which is so respectful. What happens is you begin to walk gently, talk softly, as if you don't want to cause any disturbance to this natural harmony that you are in. It is you're even very careful how you breathe. No longer do you feel a separation, for you are one with the elements. And from that oneness, you truly begin to live life and are filled with awe and wonder at the gift The gift is the miracle of your life, the miracle of you coming into this world. That is the gift when you no longer feel that separation. No longer do you see with the eyes of the flesh, which are limiting, but with the eyes of your heart, which are limitless. When you can see beyond physical, when you can look, and see the radiance in the one you love, when you can see the jyot in the one that you love. Those are the eyes that you need to see the radiance, to see the jyot in the next individual, or in creation, the eyes of your heart. You cannot see them with the eyes of the flesh. No, you know, I want you to know that the light Guru is so clear that the light is within us. 
This light cannot be destroyed. It can only be hidden. For you are in the light, and the light is within you. Now what you choose to do with this revelation is your journey. It's all our journey. So may we choose wisely, and may we always feel the grace that is flowing from the house of Guru Nanak. You know, man prayed, the seeker finds Guru. Many come to the Guru Granth Sahib for multiple reasons. But when the seeker is there and has accepted, and when that surrender takes place, then the Guru Granth Sahib, the scripture, is no longer a scripture for that individual. It becomes Guru. And therefore every word, every thought, becomes a jewel. And jewels you treasure. You treasure every word, every thought that is flowing from that, from your guru. So I want to recap the show. Rare is an individual who can solve the enigma that the ocean is in the drop, but the divine is in all. That's the enigma. Very few can solve. This depth, the depth of this, the vastness can only be understood or experienced through Guru. And Guru reveals the way to experience divinity. And those who are able or graced to have a deep connection with the divine and whose consciousness is brimming with virtue, understand, experience, wonder of the divine narrative, they see how creation is moving. They understand that. They radiate in that. They see the joy in that. And in their hearts, in the hearts of these individuals, the divine light radiates. That light was always there and is always there. So if we want the light to radiate within us, Guru has revealed the path. How blessed are we to have this blueprint given to us. So those are my learnings, my uh, thoughts on this Shabd. I'm so happy you brought this Shabd to life. I would probably never know of it if it wasn't for this. So thank you very much for that. And we've talked about in different podcasts too where Shabd um you know, how do you become harmonious with the one and everything around you? You know, the people around you, the air around you, the objects around you, and how do we live in, in complete harmony? And this Shabbat tells you that. But my question now is when you're doing really well, when you're very happy, and this is me personally, when I had a great day or something, uh, everything around me feels great. Like every, like nothing will bother me. I feel more connected. I, I love the air better. I love everything around me better. I love any all the people that I know and don't know better. Just one of those days, but maybe this is part of the enigma. But on your bad days, you don't feel that at all. You feel like you're suffocating, even though there's so much air around you. So how do we, well, basically I'm trying to ask, and how do we become harmonious even in the worst of times? Uh and that's when we really need the Guru, but that's when we even feel far away from the Guru. You know what I'm saying? Where there is happiness, there is sadness. They're two sides of the same coin. 
but how do you feel sad? It is the separation, the sadness is when you are not, you are still separate. You're not feeling that you're part of the universe. You're not feeling the connection because regardless of whether it's a good day or a bad day, the strength comes when everything is falling apart around you and you're still able to maintain your equilibrium. That is the strength which Shabbat gives you. And that's the strength what Guru gives you. That deeper knowing that everything is happening in Hukam. And you just have to let it be. Unless there isn't that deeper understanding, you will always be swayed by the elements and by people and by circumstances. They control you. When do you become that one where you have the total freedom that, you know, and that freedom comes from that knowing that everything is happening in hukam. I just have to write this and not let it affect my consciousness. It is one thing that I have learned or which has was shared to me very, very early on in my 20s. Become a master of your consciousness. Own your own consciousness. Unless you don't own your consciousness, you will always be a slave to others, which was very powerful for someone, uh, and shocking really for somebody in their 20s, early 20s, to be told that you will be a slave if, to everyone if you are not master of your consciousness. So that is something which I want to share with you, Manpreet, that this idea of you saying that you are happy and then the next day the air is suffocating is because your consciousness, you're, you're allowing the elements around you to affect you. So when you say, no matter what happens, I will not allow that entity or that thought to enter and disturb my consciousness, it's, it's a slow process, but it's a very necessary process for you to really own yourself. Otherwise, you will always be at the mercy of everyone else. And that comes from that inner strength, um, that inner conviction. You know, I was reading, um, translating an exquisite piece from Bhavir Singh, Kalgidhar Chamatkar. There was a line there which was that faith is a precious gift. Coming of faith is difficult. Ripening it is difficult. Sustaining it is difficult. So it is something which, when I look at that line, it is being alert 24-7. It is not enough that to say, I have faith. It's great. It's a gift that you have. But it's been very difficult for to get that faith within you. And then you have to protect that faith that is within you. You have to create the right elements that are around you so that they can be ripened, so this faith can be ripened. And once that is ripened, how do you sustain it? It's also being in that awareness. So be in that awareness. Work on, work on not allowing anyone to enter your consciousness. Would you allow anyone to enter your home? The answer is no. And hear the consciousness which is yours. Why allow anyone to get that? 
Why give them that freedom to disturb it? You must take that away. You must take that room, that whatever. I mean, they think it's a right. You must take that back from it and say, no, this is mine. I'm going to work on it. I'm going to be the one who's in control in the sense that you're not going to allow X, Y, and Z to disturb that. There is no other, there's no simple answer. I mean, there is no mantra. There is no uh, no quick fix. This is something which is a conscious decision one makes. And that's how behavior changes. And gradually, it becomes second nature. Did that help? Yes, it definitely did. It always helps uh, when you share your wisdom with me. Uh, Inikar, thank you very much for sharing this Shabbat. Um, I learned a lot, as usual. Uh, everyone wants to read the Shabbat and listen to it. And um, from the kids from Barusa, please log on to sikri.org. You can see all our Shabbats of the week there, see the transcreation as well. Inikar, once again, thank you very much. Thank you, Manpreet. It's always a joy being with you and, you know, with our listeners. Guru Fateh.